Another COVID restriction will be lifted. Starting Monday, COVID patients with no symptoms or mild symptoms will no longer be required to self-isolate. Online consultations with doctors for infected people will also become a thing of the past. Many doctors of small clinics are now genuinely worried. They're afraid that their waiting rooms may become virus hotbeds. They say the gathering of infected patients in a confined space will likely increase the spread of the virus, raising the risk of infection for medical personnel. Some doctors came out on Sunday calling on the government to first institute a buffer period that still retains video consultations for infected people. Early Sunday morning, this pediatric clinic is already filled with visitors. Starting Monday, COVID patients with mild symptoms will not be required to self-isolate. Video call consultations with doctors will also be a thing of the past. Some people are apprehensive. People who are supposed to self-isolate will come out, which may cause the spread of the pandemic. So there may be some risks. Those who haven't been infected may be more worried about being infected. I think it's okay. We'll just see how clinics separate infected and non-infected cases. There is a shift in mentality. Yesterday, people were still quarantined, but today, things are suddenly relaxed. The policy stipulates that although there is no mandatory self-isolation, voluntary isolation is still encouraged. So we can see that we have not yet fully transitioned to regarding it as a common cold. So I think we still need to create a buffer. Now that people no longer have access to video call consultations, doctors are worried, as waiting rooms in their clinics tend to be small and cannot adequately separate infected and uninfected patients. The last thing they want is to see their clinic become a hotbed for COVID. If you have all these infected patients congregate in one medical institution at the same time, the virus density in the clinic will actually be really high, and that is a big risk for our medical staff. At the same time, some of the people who come to the doctor are high-risk seniors, children, or people with chronic diseases. The risk of infection will increase, and it may cause a more rapid spread of the disease. Some doctors in the infectious diseases department believe that as COVID comes to be regarded as a normal disease, the responsibility for protection will fall on individuals. As long as people are fully vaccinated, most patients will not become severe cases and die. The Central Epidemic Command Centre will continue to monitor the situation. If infection numbers remain low, rapid test requirements for hospitalised patients and accompanying family members may be lifted in early April. The mask mandate for public transport may also be lifted in mid-April. The national egg shortage continues. The government has ordered the import of 3 million eggs from Australia and Turkey, with the first batch to arrive on March 23rd. But according to egg dealers, there's still a daily shortfall of about a million eggs. It was originally reported that egg prices would go up by another 2 to 3 NT, but in the end, it was decided that the price would remain unchanged at 45.5 NT per caddy, which is the price chicken farmers charge, along with a wholesale price of 55 NT a caddy. 
A national association of egg suppliers says this is the result of a price freeze demanded by the government. If the price continues to be frozen next week, the association says it will close the markets indefinitely without giving out any further price quotes. In response, the Council of Agriculture has come out to clarify that it has never intervened in the price of eggs and it respects free market operations. Meteorologists are sounding the alarm at many reservoirs as the forecast for the coming week continues to call for partly cloudy to sunny weather for the central and southern regions. The northeast monsoon will arrive next Saturday and it is hoped that it'll usher in some rain. However, the precipitation, if any, is not expected to be heavy. Let's hear from the Central Weather Bureau. Next weekend will be the northeast monsoon. We can see that current weather patterns are mainly showing the northeast monsoon affecting Taiwan. As for rainfall, it is currently forecast to be mainly in the windward side of the northern and eastern regions. Now, if the position of this system in the north can move slightly southwards, there could be a small chance of rain in central and southern regions. But if it rains, if we look at recent rain patterns in the central and southern areas, it would likely be just a bit of drizzle. If we really want to see the reservoirs replenished, we'll have to rely on the upcoming plum rain season. The plum rain season is usually from May to June, but in recent years, it has not begun until the end of May or even early June. Meanwhile, the weather this week is expected to warm up starting Monday, with temperatures from Tuesday to Thursday reaching over 30 degrees. However, temperature swings between daytime and nighttime are expected to be large. In his younger days, carpenter Wang Jiana left his rural Hualien community and went off to win international competitions for his craft. However, his story is an uncommon one in a place where most young people struggle, being raised by families with absent parents and other domestic issues. Wanting to give back to his native Yuli township and shape the futures of young people there, Wang returned home and opened a small workshop. The workshop has been a great success, and now Wang has his sights set on something larger, a factory where more than 20 young people can find stable employment. Let's hear from the mentor himself and some of the young people whose lives he's touched. Our Sunday special report. I can see my old self in him, so that made me think about how to help these kids. Not wanting to see the children of his hometown have the same childhood he had, Wang Jianna felt determined to rein them in. There is bound to be bitterness, but Wang has struggled ahead of us, so what right do we have to be bitter over here? Passing through the lush green East Rift Valley is Taiwan's longest county road. Flanked on both sides by trees and passing through fields and settlements in southern Hualien, County Road 193 has been named Heaven's Road. Nestled away along this road in Hualien's Yuli Township is a small workshop where a group of carpenters have found their own slice of heaven. Okay. For these three men in their early 20s, this workshop truly is heaven. 
holding different parts of furniture they're building. They focus intently on the work at hand, bringing their project to life. The three young men and their instructor gather around blueprints drawn on craft paper and discuss their next steps. The blueprints were designed by Wang, who is an instructor to these three young apprentices. Wang's work in carpentry has earned him top awards in international competitions. When he was younger, Wang seized every opportunity to join competitions both at home and abroad. As we gain more experience, the things we design will be more practical. Wang has an interest in carpentry since he was a child, but came from a low-income family. Later on, he put his skills to the test, building a wooden home out of scrap materials. Today, he's taking on a new challenge, fostering a passion for carpentry among local youth. When I finished my studies, I came back to Yuli. I went to teach at a local school and encountered the kids of my hometown. I looked at them and saw myself, their lack of resources, their family environment, and their absent parents, some of whom will never come back. I looked at them and thought, what can I do about these kids? My mother passed away when I was in fifth grade. My father still lives elsewhere for work. When I first came home from high school, I found myself taking care of two old people by myself. I took care of my grandfather and grandmother. Taking care of them on my own, I felt that my life was quite difficult. <laughs> Talking about his past, Liu smiles at first, but when he brings up his grandmother's dementia, he hardly holds back the tears. What was hardest for me was seeing her interactions with her husband, my grandfather. She wouldn't call him by his name. She would call him by my father's name. I would just sit in a corner and look at this married couple. I could see that it was heart-wrenching for my grandfather. It was actually very difficult for him, but he wouldn't express it. I was watching from the side and wondering how I would react if they were me being called by a different name. Liu said that at times he too would go unrecognized by his grandmother. Recounting the past, Liu said he felt that the root of his grandmother's problem was a sense of longing. Heading out is no longer as it used to be for Liu, when he would be gone from long periods of time. The workshop was founded in 2021, and after finishing high school, Liu was able to start work there full-time. Finally, he could find balance between taking care of his grandmother and working. Between laughs and casual conversations, Wang asked the young carpenters about life at home. 
to these young men, Wang is not just a mentor. He plays a variety of important roles in their lives. Sometimes he has this stern look on his face, but when he smiles, he looks just like a father. He should be Santa Claus. He's willing to spend his time and his money on kids that aren't his own, kids that he has no blood relation to. Wang's close relationship with the young carpenter stems from his return to Yuli in 1996 when he began writing annual business plans and applying for subsidies to buy equipment. After 12 years, he finally established a carpentry class at Yudong Junior High School, where he was teaching. He hoped that through the class, he could inspire young children who lacked interest in studying to find personal worth through learning carpentry skills. However, after 25 years of efforts to develop a carpentry program at the school, Wang was still challenged by lack of funding for the endeavor. At first, I thought I could handle the funding by myself. I was very naive, so I tried to handle it myself. However, not long after, I realized this isn't something a teacher can handle on their own. However, I couldn't go in there and explain the situation to the students. I thought they would never forgive me, that they would think I'm a liar, but in the end, I knew I couldn't carry on. The idea of being seen as a liar by the children was the hardest thing Wang could imagine going through. Fortunately, in 2018, the Forestry Bureau began a partnership with Wang, providing resources for the carpentry class. The partnership allowed the Bureau to promote domestic timber, and in return, it provided the class with funding, which in turn also meant support for training industry talent. This gave birth to the workshop, allowing local kids to chase their dreams while staying in their hometown. Warm lighting fills the room. This is a Huashan 1914 Creative Park in Taipei, and Wang is here with some student carpenters to hold an exhibition showcasing handmade furniture. This arc and this part here and many other parts of the furniture can't be done with a machine. You have to do them entirely by hand. Realizing they can't rely on donations and government subsidies forever, the young carpenters decided to step out of Hualien and show their works to a larger audience. Only in this way can they have a chance at securing more orders and prop up their hometown's industry. As the young carpenters work hard marketing their products, they surprise long-term customers with improvements in their craft. Compared with what they showed off at student exhibitions, their work now is more refined. The quality is very good. Their lines are all very graceful. Such feedback is a great boost of confidence for these carpenters. Their works also bring them financial stability, something they didn't have before joining the workshop. One of the forces behind making the exhibition in Taipei possible is a flight attendant whose colleagues donated to the workshop. I was reading a magazine about Hualien when I came across a report about Mr. Wang. I was so impressed that this award-winning professional returned to his rural hometown to share his time with the children there. 
I contacted one and he told me that he wanted to bring the kids to Taipei. After my colleagues got word of it, some donated funds and one donated a brand name handbag that I sold to put toward the cause. With these resources, these funds, we were able to bring the kids here and hold the exhibition. Through the support of so many kind-hearted people, their carpentry class was able to live on. Mr. Wang has already been retired from the school for 10 years now, but he has never stopped working with local kids at the workshop, always hoping to encourage them to take hold of their futures. Ten years, twenty years goes by before you know it. There are kids who are fated to leave their hometowns and they will still leave. I feel like after my 25 years working at the school, I still don't have the ability to encourage a kid to return to their hometown to work there. In the end, I feel that if the industry isn't there, there's no way to change these children's fate. The three young men are all now full-time employees of the workshop, and Wang continues to work with other kids from the school. There is some income from my work here, and that income helps my family. I don't need to ask my parents for money for tuition. I can pay it myself. To help more kids like Jiang Shen'en, Wang is now working on a larger project that aims to foster the development of Hualien's carpentry industry. We're headed to Yongfeng village. It's in Fuli Township, which is further in the mountains. In the future, there will be a factory there. Feeling that the workshop is limited in its capacity to help local kids, Wang sets his sights on something bigger. He hopes to build a large factory in Fuli Township in the southernmost part of Hualien County. We plan to build a factory roughly 150 ping in size. Compared with our current workshop, that will be roughly three times larger. With a factory, we estimate that we could hire 20 or so people. Each of those people represents a family. With stable employment, each of those families will have more normal home environments and be safer. In the future, that could turn into even more work opportunities here. Currently, the site of the future factory is still an empty lot covered in thick overgrowth. However, every movement must start from somewhere. And Wang hopes that his dream can result in bright futures for more kids and more families in Hualien.